This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Think about Lawrence. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. And wow, what an intro that is. We are excited to bring you Press Pass, a college football pod. This is technically the first week that we are going to be talking all college football all the time. I'm Kayla Anderson, joined by my co-host, Gabriella Giovanni, And we've got a big, big show today. We are going to be previewing the Big 12 and the ACC. And we'll have a correspondent coming in, Daniel Dwyer. She is out of Oklahoma at KOKH. But Ella, let's just dive into things right away. And the coaches poll, preseason poll came out. And what are your thoughts? So obviously these preseason polls, they're just kind of fun to break down because that's the beauty of the preseason. There's so many unknowns. You don't know how things are going to unfold. So it's just fun to talk about, right? I think the coaches poll basically stuck to the status quo. There's not much you could argue in the top 10. Perhaps you could argue the order a little bit if you want it to, but there weren't really many surprises. Obviously, there's some teams that you can look at and think, hmm, maybe they'll make their way into the top 10. I think Texas A&M is one of them. But I think it's also interesting when you look at the top 10 ranking a lot of that is going to figure itself out. A lot of those teams have to play each other. And so they're going to shake out kind of on their own. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I just, I'm not a big fan of preseason polls for anything, to tell you the truth, because I think a lot of it is based on, A, what they did last season, or just assuming because people added or teams added people or subtracted people or got a new coach that it's totally going to either benefit them or not benefit them. When we all know the college football season plays out how it's going to play out. Absolutely. We don't know how strong the conferences will be because each year that varies while the SEC has been powerful and the Big Ten has been working their way back up to the top. You just never know what's going to happen, what teams are going to have down years, et cetera, et cetera. But it's something to talk about. And it's something that gets fans excited for the upcoming season. It's always good to kind of look and say, okay, the top five, is it what we expected? Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Yeah, that's definitely, I think, what we expected. But then you kind of look down the poll, Ella, and you see some of these other teams, Iowa, you've got Washington Mm -hmm. State, my Cougs uh, in the top 25 right now. You've got a team like Syracuse, which we'll talk about in a moment. And then, you know, even Northwestern rounding out the top 25, a team that's kind of, 
yeah, kind of been dangling around the past few years. Um, so it's interesting that, to see them in there as well. I, I thought it was really interesting that the Big Ten had the most teams in the top 25. They had one more than the SEC. However, the majority of the SEC teams came in the top 10. So um, obviously the SEC is still flexing their muscles, but time will tell, right? So preseason polls, they're fun to talk about, but we have no idea what's about to happen. Yep, it should be an interesting ride. Um, later on, we'll tell you a little bit more, but we wanted to mention uh, ShipStation.com has a really good deal going on right now. That promo code is blue. Uh, again, the promo code is blue. We'll talk a little bit about that in a moment, but first, let's get to our first preview. Yes, let's break down the ACC. It seems to be right now that it's Clemson's world and everybody else is just playing in it. And I think it's a no-brainer that Clemson wins the conference. I don't know what your thoughts are there, but I want to say that they will enter the ACC championship game undefeated, but they do have a big task in early September against Texas A&M. Now, anybody that tuned in for that matchup at the beginning of last season, Clemson and Texas A&M duked it out till, to the final seconds of the game. Clemson ended up winning, but it was a really close game. So I think that makes this matchup even more exciting this year. I think Texas A&M is even better than they were last year. And they'll be under um, Jimbo Fisher's second year as their head coach. Of course, you know, upsets are always possible in college football, just like in 2017 when Syracuse upset Clemson, but Clemson did go on to win the national championship that year. So I think right now all eyes in the ACC are on Clemson. That's the easy pick. But they have a few, you know, Tougher matchups, Texas A&M being the biggest one. And then you never know who could just come in swinging and take them down during the regular season. Yeah, and you had mentioned uh, in an earlier podcast when we were previewing uh, this upcoming podcast, we talked about Syracuse and Syracuse, obviously, in the preseason poll, top 25 poll for the coaches poll. They're a team that has upset Clemson before <laughs> and Clemson is not susceptible to that to going undefeated so it should be interesting to see what goes on with that too considering Syracuse has a pretty good team now I agree with you I think Clemson will win the ACC championship game I think that is a no-brainer but there are a couple of teams I am really I guess intrigued with because right. the ACC is not a conference that I think about other than Clemson so when I was kind of doing my research I thought you know what these are some interesting storylines you've got North Carolina uh, mm -hmm. They have a ton to figure out as a team. They've got a three-man quarterback competition going on, depth concerns on defense and wide receiver, and then obviously a complete understanding of a brand-new offense and defense that was installed this spring because guess who is back in head coaching? Mr. Dun, dun, Mac, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, Mr. Mac Brown. He is uh, 67 years old, and he still <laughs> had the itch, I guess. He was out of the game, this is crazy to think, for six years. So it's cool to see him back in coaching. Now, what he can do at this point with this program, because there's a lot of work to be done, is yet to be seen. But that's a cool storyline, at least, we can follow in the ACC this year. They might not be the best team or even close to it, but at least you can kind of see, like, does he have something that he can build there? So that's one. And then the other one, as I've mentioned it to you before, is I'm interested to see what happens down in Miami. Because again, yep. 
Manny Diaz takes over this program. I think he has a lot of potential as a head coach, just being the right fit. And then Tate Martell, the boy, our boy from up at Ohio State, never got his opportunity to play quarterback at Ohio State. He's getting an opportunity to be the guy, or he will, down in South Beach. So can he be the guy? Can he be somebody who we're talking about at the end of the college football season? I'm interested to see that. I'm interested too, because we don't know what Tate Martell is made of, right? He was recruited by Ohio State. He went to Ohio State to play football. So he has to be a pretty good quarterback if they recruited him, right? They're not picking up Joe Schmo off the street. At the same time, he was always beat out. Now, obviously, he was on the same team as Dwayne Haskins. So did he have a shot? No. But we saw little glimmers of him. He can put the wheels on. Oh, yeah. um, but he is he is small, and that was always a concern around him. But nowadays, we see those small quarterback stories, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, perfect example. So his size, you can't hold that against him. Maybe he can make it happen. But we don't know enough. We haven't seen enough. Again, we've seen him in some red zone situations, and he can run. He's fast. But we got to see if he can if he can spin it. Yeah, I watched a little bit of QB1, and that was a profile of some of the quarterbacks that now are in Division One schools, Jake Fromm. Tate Martell was one of those guys. What I really liked about this guy, he's controversial. Like, you either like him or you sure. don't. But he's I a love- Baker, He has a make Baker Mayfield edge to him. But look where it got Baker Mayfield. And I Baker know. Mayfield's not a big guy, but he has that fight in him. He has that chip on his shoulder that I could see this being successful down in Miami. A, because yep. they've got a new coach that believes in turning this program around. And you've got a quarterback that wants to win and he's yep. hungry. He he played at one of the best uh, high schools in the country. He yep. knows how to win. So yep. I'm I'm actually really excited to see what goes on there. But yeah, Ella, I would both I would say we both think Clemson is definitely the winner, right? Of that conference. I think it's hard to argue otherwise. All right. I can't, well, we'll I can't really yeah, I can't really make another pick right now. We'll stick with that. If it changes, we'll be sure to say, you know, okay, we were wrong. <laughs> We're not opposed to making mistakes. Um, Well, you know, I was mentioning ShipStation, Ella, and when you are selling online, getting your orders out can definitely be a real pain. I'm not good at doing any of that stuff. So that is why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. Now, no matter where you're selling, so Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keeps your customers happy. Right now, Press Pass listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without entering your credit card information. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, and enter promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. Well, Kayla, now we're going to switch this preview show onto the Big 12. Before we introduce Danielle in our last segment, let's kick it around a little bit 
me and you, what we're most interested to see unfold in the Big 12. Obviously, the biggest storyline right now is quarterback Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. We're going to dive deep into that with Danielle. But it's just interesting to think, is Lincoln Riley bluffing? We see all of these media availabilities with him saying there really is a quarterback battle. I have a hard time believing that. Yeah, I think that's, I've been around so many programs and I've even been around teams that have actually used two quarterbacks and they did that a little bit of, at Alabama when Jalen was yep. there. So I don't think, I wouldn't call it, I don't think he's maybe bluffing, but I, I think there is a small possibility that there he's just leaving it open a little. But I, I do think some of the time they just use that to fuel the fire. I think we all know it will be Jalen's team, mm-hmm. but I think they do like to kind of just, let it play out how it should play out because you do never know what's going to happen and and god forbid what if Jalen gets hurt and they hyped up Jalen the whole time to be the starter right Right. so you got to kind of play it safe in the in those terms too and it's so early like it's it's yeah and in college football those first few weeks of the season those are kind of for these bigger programs when they play non-conference matchups those first few weeks they're trial and error situations they're still trying to figure out who they have in game situations right because I mean with all due respect you know in the past a school like Ohio State is playing Northern Illinois right that's their opportunity to let's see what we really have in a game time situation and I think a school like Oklahoma may be playing playing with that a little bit in the beginning to see what their team really is made of the team I'm most excited to see what happens in the Big 12 is Texas I think they showed a lot of promise at the end of last season. I trust their quarterback, Sam Ellinger. I think he he has really commanded the team and has become a leader. And I'm excited to see what they do this year. And I think they're they're pumped up. They're pumped up to do big things. And and that really that kind of culture and that excitement and that positivity really transfers onto the field. Well, let's just say this. Tom Herman needs to do big things because he, he, he was has hired. no other choice. Right, yeah, he right. was hired to bring Texas back to where it needs to be. It has been irrelevant as a college football program. Yeah, I said it. Right. That is a college that we haven't really talked about as a powerhouse in the last several years. And I think it makes college football a lot better when you have more powerhouses, more Texases in the talk, more USC's mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. talk. Right now, it's really been just a couple of schools. And I think yep. if we can get some of these big programs back to where they are, need to be, it's going to be exciting for everybody. Um, so I would agree with you. I'm really interested to see what happens there. I will go outside the box a little, Ella, because it's a school that I think is always, you know, it's always talked about, which is weird because it is a smaller school, but they've been successful. That's TCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Horn Frogs are a team that have been to three New Year's six bowl vict- uh, victories. They've led themselves to six victories there in those New Year Bulls. And then there are, I guess, they're two years removed from an 11-win season, which is incredible considering they, you know, they do play in the Big 12. Right. Now, here's the big thing. They have to play Texas. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a biggie. Yep. And here's the thing. They are coming off of a really bummer year when it comes to offensive production. And we all know the way that the Big 12 rolls, if you don't play offense, you are <laughs> – you are crapped out of luck because that's that's about all they do in the Big all 12 is play offense. Um, there's little defense played. So if you're not playing offense, uh, you've got no chance. So definitely they have to prove on that side. But 
I think that that's a program you got to give credit for, for being relevant, at least consistently. I, I totally agree. And, you know, you talk about these high powered offenses. That's what's going to be interesting with a few of these other teams that are basically unknown. You have no idea what to expect from them this season. When you look at Iowa State, them losing David Montgomery running back, he got drafted by the Bears. He was the motor of that offense. So what are they going to look like? Because they they hung around the Big 12 last year. And mm-hmm. um, they, they played some really, really good, tough games. And then West Virginia, you know, life after Will Greer. He was the motor of that offense. So there's so many teams in the Big 12, I think, that have question marks because of how efficient their offenses have to be to hang around in this conference. And some of these teams lost big-time players on offense. Or there's some teams like Oklahoma with question marks on offense. So I think that's what makes this conference so interesting. I'm excited to get Danielle's perspective to break it down even further and what she's hearing um, around the conference. But I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do. Like you said, we need a team like Texas and, you know, Oklahoma has been in the conversation the past few years, but we need a team like Texas to step up and make a name for themselves because we need more, right? I'm sick of talking about Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State. We need more. That's what makes us so much more fun. Well, and one thing that they're going to have to do then to be in the conversation and to win those games if they do get in the college football playoff is they're going to have to be better on defense. And so I look forward to seeing how they do kind of maybe – focus on defense a little bit more in this conference because we have seen that, yeah, they can just go and light it up on the field on any given night. Sure. But if they're not going to play defense, they have they stand no chance no. with any of these other schools from any other conferences that actually do play defense like the Big Ten and the SEC. So I think that's something that we will look for too is uh, maybe put – putting more emphasis on the defense this year in that conference. Well, the the game to put on your calendars is September 7th. LSU and Texas are going head to head. Yep. And that that's where you got to show up. So that's that's a big one. Mark that on your calendars. I'm excited for for that game. Well, now it is time to get to our third topic. We are previewing the Big 12 today with Danielle Dwyer, and she is actually an anchor reporter at Fox 25 in Oklahoma. I know um, Danielle from our time up in Ohio, so it's so glad. I'm so glad to finally like catch up again, and now you're down here covering some big-time football, so uh, welcome. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's exciting to reconnect this way for sure with you, Kayla. Um, and it's just been exciting to be down here in Oklahoma State in uh, the heart of Sooner and Cowboy country. So Absolutely. Yeah, you cover the Oklahoma Sooners and the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And so I want to dive right into what's going on right now. And fall camp is underway in college. I know that you have spent some time in Norman with the Sooners. Uh, the guys are in full pads now. I just wanted to know kind of the initial observations you've had over the last few days. So for me coming in and not really having any background as far as seeing practices in years prior since I've just been here for two months, for me, I see a lot of energy Uh, which makes sense because that was kind of to be expected with new defensive coordinator Alex Grinch coming in. All we heard about was just he's really high energy and all of that. So I've really seen that translate when we saw the guys out in pads yesterday in practice. But just talking with some people here, it's kind of 
that's usually how things go with Oklahoma. It's a lot of lip service as far as defense and buying in and that energy. But in years past, it hasn't exactly translated over to the games. But Talking with the defense yesterday, we were able to talk with the defensive guys specifically yesterday and just hearing from new coach Brian Odom. He used to play with the Sooners, hearing from him about the guys buying in, the mentality shift. Also, Calvin Thibodeau, he's the D-line coach. He was talking about that mentality shift. And that's all well and great. And I do feel you could feel that energy. You could see that. But it's about, you know, putting that into action. And it's really hard to see if that mentality shift has actually happened until you test it in a game. So I felt there was a lot of energy. I will say a lot of the players uh, on defense are saying that Grinch's system is very simple for them to learn. It's a quick defense and the guys have been buying in. A lot of the D linemen have trimmed down. Uh, Neville Gallimore, I think lost about 20 pounds. So wow. A lot of those guys are trimming down because they know this is a very quick defense, and that's the whole goal for them is they want to be really fast on both sides of the ball this year. You know where they played that was at Washington State, and Alex Grinch was up in my alma mater. You guys took him from Washington State, but I'll say really quickly, he did play that type of defense up there. The guys really did buy into it, and obviously he was that good because Washington State has had some successful years, and especially last year with him as the D coordinator. So I I do truly feel like he will uh, make a difference in that category. Absolutely. I agree with you on that, and that's really been the consensus down here and what's been talked about a lot is just how that's going to bode well for the Sooners this season. They also, I mean, Grinch is kind of a all business type of guy. He has that energy. There's a no nonsense, but he also said to, to us that he understands the lip service part. And he said, you're always just one play away from being average. So he's taking this role very seriously with everything going on. And so I felt that sense seeing practice yesterday I'm just anxious to see what it's going to be like. Media is allowed back to watch practice on Tuesday next week. So it'll be interesting to see what that looks like in a week from now. We were talking a lot defensively. Let's switch gears a little bit to the offensive side of the ball. Oklahoma has been home to a Heisman winning quarterback for two straight years in Baker Mayfield than Kyler Murray. Jalen Hurts, a grad transfer from Alabama, he has big shoes to fill. And it's he's certainly under a microscope being a former Alabama quarterback. Obviously, the expectations are very high. But being around the program at the start of camp, is there pressure building for Hurts to perform this year and truly be a leader of this team? That's an interesting question, Ella. I don't necessarily say I think there's a pressure surrounding him. I mean, there's definite pressure to fill those shoes when you look at, like you mentioned, two straight Heisman winners and number one overall draft picks. When you look at Mayfield and Murray, those are massive shoes to fill. The consensus is he's not quite going to be the caliber of those guys because he also is just coming in for a year, he has to learn the system very quick, get that chemistry down with his guys, with Lincoln Riley, with all of that. So it's going to be a quick transition for him. So there is a pressure to perform, but I don't know that there's as high of a pressure to fully fill those shoes because the consensus down here is that he won't be as good as Mayfield or Murray. Now I have high hopes for Hertz. I mean, he's coming in with a 26 and two record as a starter, a national championship. 
And just talking with him, he's so mature as a player and as a person. He's so poised. And you can't discount his ability as a rusher. He holds a record at Alabama for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. He had almost 2,000 yards rushing in his career with the Tide. So he's great with rushing, but in Lincoln Riley's offense, he's got to really be able to sling it too. And I think that's the part that people are questioning down here of will he be able to rise to that occasion and work in that gunslinging offense style. So it'll be interesting to see what dynamic he has with that. But I say you can't really count him out. I mean, I definitely say he is the guy. I think at this point, Tanner Mordecai and Spencer Rattler are competing for who's going to be the starter next season when Jalen is no longer here. But my thing is this whole debate of quarterback battle and all of that, it's kind of one of those, I think Lincoln Riley's just not going to name him yet because he wants to see how the guys respond to Jalen how they work well together before he officially names it. And I think he really wanted to see what he had in Spencer Rattler before really making a decision. But at this point, I feel you have to go with that experience and everything that Jalen has been through, the ups and downs and everything in his career speaks volumes to him as a person and the leader that he can be. So I think he's going to be great for the Sooners this year. And I really don't foresee them having a dip in offense like everyone thinks they are. I think he's going to be able to make it work as long as they get that chemistry up. Well, let's talk about the pokes a little. Um, The guy that I can just never quite figure out his hairstyle the past 10 years. Um, I love him, though. I love him. Mike Gundy, obviously the head coach of Oklahoma State. You know, he said this past week at Oklahoma State's media day that there is a serious, not just a quarterback battle, but a serious quarterback battle uh, going down between Drew Brown and Spencer Sanders. Uh, Certainly a problem Gundy isn't used to facing. Is this a good or bad thing for an offense? Because I think a lot of the times when you don't know your quarterback yet, it can get a little dicey because you're trying to revolve an offense around that guy. But is this a good thing? I think it is a good thing and a bad thing all at once. It's a double-edged sword because last year on Big 12 Media Day, Gundy named Taylor Cornelius as the starter. In years past, if you look back at Gundy's track record, he's typically named the starter before they start fall camp. So this year is an outlier year for him. And talking with him Saturday, he said this is something that is keeping him up at night. And it's one of those where he has held true from Big 12 Media Day to today. I was down, I was out in Stillwater today, and he still says the same thing. I mean, this is a dogfight. Both of these guys are neck and neck in this race. And the thing is, I asked him on Media Day Saturday, do you plan for what you would have in longevity and go with Spencer Sanders, who you could have potentially for three years, build your offense around that? Or do you go for Drew Brown, who does come in with experience? He's older, all of that, but you would have him for one season. And in that case, that would make the third rookie quarterback technically for Gundy in just as many seasons. So Gundy told me, I'm not concerned with the future. I want to know who's going to win the win us the game at Oregon State week one. Mm-hmm. However, I think as far as the good and bad for this, I think what is good is when you look at 
what that does to the offensive weapons around those guys. You have Tylen Wallace returning. You have Dylan Stoner returning. Then you have Chuba Hubbard in the backfield returning. So there's a really good set of guys around them with experience coming in. And I think that makes them rise to the occasion to be like, whichever guy it's going to be, we have to help lift them up, make this transition easy. So I think it, it creates a competitive spirit within their practices that yeah. everyone is kind of on edge to prove themselves, to make it work. But the nice thing is, is we're calling it the friendly rivalry between Brown and Sanders. They're really good friends off the field. They both have high respect <laughs> for each other. They, I think, were roommates, roomed at one point in time or something during this process. Oh, wow. So they both spoke the world of each other. And they're both at that point of, being selfless, whether it's one guy or the other guy, they know their roles, they're going to support each other in whatever happens. But Gundy also said, it could be if they had a game today, he said he'd be playing both. But he did recognize the problems with that is you end up getting somebody that's going to play scared the minute they make a mistake. And it's just that domino Mm -hmm. effect of, let's say you start Sanders, and he throws a pick, and then you put Brown in, and it doesn't really get the job done. Do you go back to Sanders? Do you stay with Brown? How do you split the quarters up? How do the guys react to that? So it's just that domino effect of something you don't want to go down. And Gundy is like, trust me, of all people, I want to make this decision just as much as you guys want to know who it's going to be. But even talking with the new offensive coordinator, Sean Gleason, today, he said it is neck and neck in that with every day that progresses, the decision isn't getting easier because the guys are just pushing each other so much and they are just so similar in their skill sets that it's going to be a really tough decision for them to make. Wow. Well, looking at the big 12 as a whole, is it Oklahoma's conference to lose? I, Kayla and I spoke earlier in the podcast about my interest level in what Texas will look like this season, showing a lot of promise last season and an impressive end from quarterback Sam Ellinger. And he handled the pressure well, and they certainly made a big statement beating Georgia in that sugar bowl to close things out. What do you predict the landscape of the big 12 to look like this year? So the preseason poll came out having Oklahoma Texas, and then Iowa State. And I I have to say, I would not be surprised if Iowa State was in that championship game against Oklahoma this year. I would not be surprised mm. at all. I think Matt Campbell wow. coming from Toledo. Now, he was leaving as I was entering Toledo, so sadly I missed him there. But I was able to talk with him at Big 12 Media Days. I've been able to follow him since he left Toledo and be that outside looking in perspective. When he took over that program, they were they finished ninth in the Big 12. They finished third last year. They're picked to be third again this year. I think he's done a great job. And Brock Purdy came out of nowhere last year, surprised a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. So I think what's really interesting is Iowa State does host Oklahoma State. They travel down to Norman, though. But the t- game that I'm really interested in is November 16th. Texas goes to Iowa mm-hmm. State. And playing in Ames, I think, could be, I don't want to say problematic, but absolutely problematic for the Longhorns. I think that's going to be a telltale game. I do think, though, I agree with you, Ella, this is one of those where I think it is Oklahoma's conference to lose, just given the track record of what they've done in years past, what they have coming back. Yes, they had defensive issues last year, but if they truly are buying into Alex Grinch's system, like they say they are, 
I think they're going to be really solid on both sides of the ball in this conference. And I, you're always going to have that rivalry game. It's going to be close with Texas, absolutely. But I do see Oklahoma coming out on top. I do see Oklahoma State, though, giving them some issues in that Thanksgiving week game. But OU will yeah. still win that one. I just I think it'll be really interesting. The thing is, is we've been talking a lot down here in and out of the station is just you got to watch TCU, Baylor, like some of those teams we don't expect could get a game on any of those top three. And that's the Mm -hmm. thing. Will Iowa State rise to the occasion and be as good as they could be this year? Or are they going to have one of those blip losses on the season where it's like, oh, that kind of keeps them out. But I definitely, I wouldn't take them out of making it to that Big 12 conference game. I definitely think Oklahoma will be in the conference title game this year. I think they should win the conference this year looking at it. But Texas will be a lot to handle. I mean, Sam Ellinger was the only quarterback at Big 12 Media Days, and the gaggle around him of media members was massive. So there's a lot of hype with that program, and especially his continuing feud with Baker Mayfield. I mean, it just never ends. So that only adds to the rivalry. And it'll be interesting just to see how that plays out, knowing that those two could match up again in the conference title game. Well, we really appreciate you, Daniel, coming on. And you're technically, you should feel special because you are our first correspondent on our actual first college football podcast. Oh, wow. That's um, so awesome. Love it. Thanks. We're excited that you were able to bring us all this good insight. We're excited to check back in with you as the uh, season progresses. And where can people go to follow you on social? So I'm on Twitter. It's at Danielle Dwyer TV. Um, I also post some things on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Instagram's Danielle14Dwyer, and then Facebook is just Danielle Dwyer TV as well. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate it. We look forward to talking about everything Big 12 with you in the future. And uh, until next time. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Let's move now to some good stuff from the gridiron. And these are kind of the things that caught our attention this week. Some interesting things, some funny things, some things that are, I guess, very important that maybe not be on the field per se. And I just wanted to start off with this, Ella, because I thought this was an incredible story. Austin Jackson is a player for USC, Southern California, Mm -hmm. in the Pac-12. He wants to lead them back to a Pac-12 title, of course, but the left tackle uh, scoring a big victory. He donated bone marrow. I don't know if you know how painful that is, Mm. Ella, but that is a very, very painful process, um, donating bone marrow. He donated it to his younger sister, Autumn, just last month, and Jackson has said that um, that was to treat his sister's anemia situation that she has. It's a type of anemia, a genetic condition that causes bone marrow to not produce red blood cells. And guess what? It seems to be working. It looks like her body is accepting it. And so kudos to that young man, that college football player who's much more than an athlete. Um, He's saving a life. He's making a life better. And so I just thought that that was really incredible at this time of the year when you're in camp and Mm -hmm. and you're putting your body through the grind and he's going out there and he's donating bone marrow to his sister. I thought that was incredible. That's amazing. I really thought in this segment, you were going to talk about Mike Leach belly flopping the video of his belly flop. This story story was a lot better. This story was a lot 
better. Wow, that's but let's really just impressive. yeah, let's just give Mike Leach a little bit of credit <laughs> showing, showing off his uh, his skills in the swimming pool. His dad bod. I will I will say this, Ella. We're going to have a lot of good stuff from the gridiron this year that's going to include Mike Leach. So look forward to that. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh. Well, mine was basically we kind of touched on this earlier in the podcast, but I saw that Alabama and Wisconsin scheduled a home, a home, home and home series for 2024 yeah. and 2025. That's a lot more important than it seems because we need more of this. We need more big time non-conference mm-hmm. matchups, especially a school like Alabama and they're playing a cupcake game in November. Yes, I can't stand yes. it. We need more of this. We need more of these power five conferences going head to head early in the season. Let's see what you're made of, right? Alabama and Wisconsin, they, yeah. sh- they should be playing each other in in the regular season. I love it and I want to see more of it. Yeah. I mean, we see it in college basketball, mm-hmm. right? Yep. We see oh, yeah. these like oh, yeah. big tournaments where the powerhouses are are punching the powerhouses in the in the face early on uh, before the conference schedule starts up. So I know football's a little bit different. Obviously, they don't play as many games, but that doesn't mean this isn't good to see once in a while. I mean, okay, Alabama, enough with the the Louisiana Techs and all those little cupcake schools, <laughs> like you mentioned. Like, let's start playing some big boys, like, early on, yeah. you know, and see what you're made of. So, yeah, I think that's great to see, especially the big uh, 10 and SEC coming together to make this work because those are the two uh, power conferences right now. Love it. All right. Well, guess what? That's a wrap. Whoop, whoop. On our first, technically our first Uh, college football podcast and I had a ton of fun I mean I can't wait to see how the season unfolds every week there's going to be something different to talk about Ella I wanted to mention uh, first of all thank you to to Danielle for coming on she's going to be one of the correspondents that we use out of the Big 12 this year so she'll pop on a few times during the season and then we're going to have some other correspondents that we'll introduce as this podcast rolls on but for all of you out there who want to subscribe actually need to subscribe <laughs> and follow us on social where can the listeners go to do that Ella? yes so if you're listening on itunes please press that subscribe button give us a rate or review we got a lot coming your way kayla and i are Also planning out some bonus episodes we'll be throwing out throughout the week. So you don't want to miss them. Please subscribe. And then on Twitter, follow our personal accounts at Ella Didge and at Kayla Anderson TV. On Instagram, our personal accounts are the same handle, but we also have at Press Pass Pod. You'll be getting all the announcements of new guests, new topics. And so stay tuned. Yes, and we'll have another preview coming up for you next week as we gear up for the first game of the season. So thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed, and we'll be back here next week, same time. Take it easy and have a great week.